Hello, this is Terry Mize. Did you ever think God looks down on you? That God's sitting on high looking down on you and dishonoring, disrespecting, not thinking much about you? Uh, I had a preacher friend of mine tell me decades ago, he said, Terry, God is just like a guy with a, with a, uh, a bulldog. He uses the devil just like a dog on a leash. And whenever he wants to hurt you, he just lets that dog out and bite you, lets the devil out and bite you and hurt you. Another friend of mine, missionary friend of mine, said, Terry, when we preach in these villages out here in the jungle and the places we go, he said, it's just our reasonable service. If we eat bad food and die or we get bugs all over us, or what if some guy uh, hears us preach and he just shoots us, kills us dead? That's just our reasonable service as, as a missionary. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know what page of the missionary handbook you got that from, but that's not what the Bible says. You didn't get it from the Bible. You know, God said to me when I was just a teenager, He said, I told Joshua to do three things. That if he'd do those three things, that he would prosper and be healthy. At that time, I'd never heard anybody in my church talk about prosperity. I'd never talk about uh, anybody being successful. And God said, if you'll do those same three things, you will be prosperous, you will be successful. And so I immediately went to Joshua 1.8 to see what God told Joshua. And He said, talk like God, think like God, act like God. If you'll do those three things, you will be prosperous and you will have great success. It absolutely changed my life and it'll change your life. God said, don't let anything uh, from this book of the law not depart from your mouth. Don't let anything come out your mouth but the word. In other words, talk like God. Then he said, meditate that day and night. I mean, not once in a while, not twice a day, but he said all the time, meditate the word of God day and night. And thirdly, he said that you may observe to do or to be a doer of the word to do according to all that's written therein, and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. That was just before I went into the mission fields permanently as an 18-year-old kid, and it changed my life, and I've been all over the world, lived in the jungles, lived in des lived everywhere, watched God do miracles, and He's prospered me and made me successful, kept me healthy, saved me. He'll do the same thing for you. Get in the Word today and do those three things. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. I'm Pastor George Pearsons. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Now, I am on assignment from Brother Copeland. He specifically gave me this assignment on these next two weeks to talk to a man of God that you need to know all about. He's a friend of this ministry, and we've known him for many, many years. Actually, he's known him longer than I've known Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. And what a story he has to tell. This is going to be so exciting. Now, listen. Before I introduce him, I've got something I want to show you. And this, this video clip that we're going to show you will introduce you to this man of God that I mean just is an inspiring story of faith alive in a person's life. So before we introduce Terry Mize, I want you to take a look at this and we will be right back. 
At age 13 at church one night, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you're a missionary. When he spoke those words to me, it changed my life forever because I knew that it set the tone for what I'd do for the rest of my life. At age 18, I got to go to the mission field for the first time. I went to the jungles of Panama and lived with the Choco Indian tribe. When I came home from Panama, I was driving the car one day and the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I've called you to be an apostle. I didn't know that God still had apostles. He said, I've called you to be a missionary evangelist. I didn't know what that meant. Then he said, I've called you to minister to ministers around the world. My headship ministry is sick. So I knew that this was my assignment for the rest of my life to minister to ministers. To me, it's touching these young lines and these up and coming young ministers that puts a smile on my face. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning and pumps blood through my veins and like fire in my bones. If you really want to know what Terry Mize is all about, if you want to know why I go eat dog and cat and rats and bugs and leave my kids and grandkids and sleep in the places I sleep and go the places I go, it's summed up in a couple of scriptures. The first one is Proverbs 31 verses eight and nine. Speak up for those that can't speak for themselves. You know, a man without God is a monster. There's nothing more evil than a man without God. He can devise devious ways to bring pain and torture. And when we see these things around the world, the only thing that I know that will stop that is the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. The second scripture is James 1.27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted from the world. So it's my job, my call, it's my mandate to go and speak up for these who can't speak for themselves. Missions is the absolute number one call of Almighty God to get the gospel to the world. It's what Jesus was about and Jesus' purpose hasn't changed. A missionary is all I've ever wanted to be, all I've ever determined to be, and it's all I ever will be. Every time I see that clip, it does something to me on the inside, and I am so glad that we have Terry Mize with us for the next two weeks. Would you please welcome with me Dr. Terry Mize. Welcome to the Believer's Thank Voice you, of Victory podcast. Thank you, George. It's a delight to be here. <laughs> I am so thrilled that you are with us, and just the, the, the stories that you've told us, the things that you've experienced, I know that this is going to make a major impact in the lives of the people that Praise are watching God. us. I believe that as well. And we are. We are so glad that you're here with us. You know, as we, as we get into this, and there's so much that I want to cover and so much that we want to talk about, um, I think it would be best if we just start at the place of the call of God in your life. As, 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 a, as you say, a missionary, although Brother Copeland corrected you on that one yes, time, didn't he? Yes, he did. Several times. <laughs> <laughs> and he really talked to you about... I mean, we're talking about a true anointing of an apostle, mm -hmm. an apostle. Right, we really are. And you know, th this may be for selfish reasons, but I'm, I'm pulling on that apostolic yeah. calling myself during this time. But, but tell, tell them what Brother Copeland said to you so many years ago about the difference between the, the missionary and the true apostle. What did he tell you? Well, you know, on my, my old original book that came out like in 1978, Kenneth did the foreword for it. Mm -hmm. And in there he put that I was an apostle. And I, I don't, I'm not sure I'd ever given much thought to it, except I knew the Lord had said that to me, but I didn't right. tell anybody. I just said missionary, right. you know. And, uh, and, and one day Kenneth and I were together on some television broadcast somewhere. And uh, he said, uh, I said something about being a missionary. 
And you know Kenneth, he just took that finger and he started poking me in the chest. I've had just, that. I've had that finger poked in the exactly chest. right. And then he accentuates each word, you yes, know, with, with yes, a poke. Yes, he yes. just backed me up to a wall, you know, and he said, "Boy, don't you ever let me hear you say you're a missionary, you're a blood warrior, an apostle of Almighty God." And just here he went, you know. And actually, wow. Ed Dufresne was standing there with us. And Ed supported us in the in the ministry monthly as missionaries. Yes. So yes. he went straight home, and he instructed his secretary so so that every time they sent me an offering every month, instead of saying Terry Mize Ministries, it said Apostle, Apostle to the to World wow. Terry Mize. <laughs> you know, and it'd come That's to great. Tulsa. You know, and, and uh, but but yeah, he's always been big on that. And then just a couple of years ago, you remember at the ministers' conference, he called yep. me up and yep. and prophesied to me and went down that same uh, same trail by the Holy the Spirit. The office of the apostle, mm -hmm. and you truly walk in that. Now you've known you've known Kenneth and Gloria. Cole for a long time. I met him uh, in 1972. In 72. And it was, where was that? That was in Odessa, Texas. In, uh, uh, I had gone to, I had just gotten out of the Army. Actually, I was still in the Army. It was about my last six months in. Oh, wow. And I had taken okay. a leave because I'm from Midland originally. Yeah. And uh, so I had, uh, I had come back and he was doing a, a meeting at a hotel downtown. And then he uh, came back and did the Ector County Coliseum, which is a big coliseum there in, mm -hmm. in Odessa. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, where, uh, that's where I first met. Although it wasn't a... It wasn't a, 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 a meeting by appointment, you know. I just kind of ambushed him and bush, bushwhacked him, which uh, uh, he, told, he, told, he used to tell that story in the early days. He'd I reminded him of it last night Did when you? we were talking. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly oh yeah. Right. He remembers that very wow. well. Yeah. And yeah, he you you waited for him, and uh, he was so good to you. And he was so to gracious, you, you know. I just said, you're going to talk to me, you know, and and he just was happy. To, he said, well, sure, boy, sit over here in the car and we'll talk. And so we just got in the car together and visited. And, and throughout these years, we've we've stayed in touch with oh, each other. We we met up with you in New Zealand. Terry and I did. That's true. Some That's years true. ago. That's exactly right. And what I'd like to do though on this first broadcast is take us back to the call of God. Because I know sure. that there are folks watching us right now, maybe some young people that are just either wanting to start out in ministry or they, they've already begun their, sure. their journey in ministry. But the Lord started dealing with you at a very early age right. about your ministry. Tell right. us and I think He does with lots of ministries. You hear these, these major ministries talk about when they're just in their teens that God would talk yep. to them. It yep. was a, I was 13 years old and I was at church on a Wednesday night. And uh, I had gone uh, down to the altar to pray. Remember when we had altars in churches, you know, and, and I had gone down to the altar to <laughs> yeah, pray yeah. before church started. Yeah. And as, as the music began to play and church began to start, then I got up and walked back to my seat to get ready for ch church. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me in what I thought was an audible voice. I guess it wasn't. I looked around to see if anybody heard it, but mm. I, nobody seemed to. But, mm -hmm. but he just said these words, just real, real stern, real strong. He said, you're a missionary. That's all wow. it was. And uh, it just kind of rocked my world because, you know, as a 13-year-old, you don't know what you're going to be when you grow up. You I know? guess he and, had to say you're a missionary, not apostle, because you probably wouldn't have believed <laughs> Oh, no, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had a clue what that was. I would not have had a clue yeah. and didn't know so, God still but had you knew, But you knew missionary and exactly. you knew the term. Exactly, of yeah. course. And, uh, and so, um, uh, to me, it made it easier on me because I didn't have to go through the, well, what am I going to be when I grow up? You know, it was just, I knew from the day I was 13 years old right. that I was going to be a missionary and I didn't know what all that would entail. And so I just told everybody from that point, I've never said anything since then. And here it is all these years later. If you ask me what I'm going to be when I grow up, I'm going to be a missionary, you know. And the hardest thing I ever had to do was go to my granddad in Odessa, who had already started a business with my name and his name on it and wanted me to come in. Oh, and of course, they wanted me to go to certain schools and, uh -oh. and my parents wanted me to go to schools. And, and, uh, and, and I just had to go say, you know, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to work with you. And, and soon as I turn, soon as I turn old enough to leave the house, then I'm, I'm gone. 
And, uh, and sure enough, I did. I, as soon as I had my 18th birthday, I was gone. Tell us about that. I mean, this is a very interesting story about but what the Lord did with you at 18. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and take, us, take us on that journey with you when okay. you first okay. went into the ministry and <laughs> your first let me, experience. Let me, back up, let me back up just a little bit to, okay. to lead up to that. Yeah. Uh, when I was, when the, the pastor came to me when I was 16 and said, Terry, I want you to be a youth leader. Okay. And I didn't know how to be a youth leader, didn't know anything about it. But the pastor said, do it. You just say, sure, yes, sir. And uh, so I started being the youth leader, but it kept me in prayer because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, my youth group grew and grew and grew until we outgrew the pastor's Sunday morning service. I mean, oh God was just blessing and blessing and blessing. Oh. But, uh, but it, it kept me in prayer because I kept saying, Lord, I've got to talk to these kids. These kids are facing things every day. I, and finally one night I was really in prayer and, and I said, Father, I don't need a sermon. I need a lifestyle. I need something I can preach to these kids that will that will they can live that they can take to the bank yes. that it, it'll yes. work for them, and uh, and so the Lord said, "Well, get, get, write this down." And so I just went and got an old piece of paper, you know, from from the First National Bank in Middle Texas, you know, and I started writing down. And he he said these words. He said, "You can talk like God." Well, I'd never heard anybody say that in my life. Wow. And so I wrote down, you can yeah, talk like yeah, God. Yeah. And then he just took me through what you and I today would call the word of faith message or the faith message or the word message. And he just took me right to Mark chapter 11 and went through the whole story of oh Jesus going to, to town from Bethany and speaking to the fig tree. Yeah. And then up yeah. in verse 22 where Jesus said, you know, have faith in God. And then he goes into 23 and said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And I, I'm just reading all that, writing this stuff down. <laughs> and uh, and, and, and I, he keyed in on that, uh, have faith in God. I looked in my margin and it said, have the faith of God. Right. Or have the same kind of faith same God has, faith. or the same yeah. class of faith God has, or the same type of faith God has. <clears throat> right. And so that told me a couple of things. As a, as a 16 year old, it told me all of a sudden, well, uh, there are different kinds of faith. There are different levels of faith. Right. Right. And obviously there's a God kind. And, and, and the second thing it tells me is I can have it. Because Jesus wouldn't say have it and if you couldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'll never yeah. say to you, here, have this, ha ha ha, you can't have it. You know, and so he just said, have this. So I thought, man, there is a God kind and I can't have it. Now what do I do? And the Lord said to me, he said, now turn over to Genesis 1 and I'll show you what kind of faith I have. And we went over Genesis 1. And so there he is in, in verse 3, in verse 6, in verse 9, in verse 14, in verse 20. Yes. It said, and God said, and it was so. Yes. And then he led me from there to Joshua 10 where Joshua's being attacked by five enemy armies and five enemy kings and they're fighting the battle and, and it's getting late and Joshua doesn't want to end the battle. And so he did something totally unprecedented. He spoke to the sun and he said, son, hold your place over Gibeon and thou moon over the valley of Bajalon. And the Bible says it stayed day for a whole nother day and he finished, uh, finished the war, finished the battle and killed those five enemy kings. And, and then the Lord just took me right on up into different scriptures, you know, where he told Moses, speak to the rock to get water out of it. And, and then just scripture after scripture, and then right on into the New Testament where Jesus spoke to the wind, the waves, they obeyed him where he spoke to dead people. You know, everybody Jesus raised from the dead, he spoke to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he spoke did. to Lazarus after being dead four days and Lazarus come forth. He spoke to Jairus' daughter there in Mark chapter five and said, and took her by the hand, said, Talitha Kumi, which being interpreted, Zamzal, I say unto thee, arise. And then uh, the widow's son from Nain is here. They were coming to doing this funeral procession. Jesus and his disciples were coming yep. this way. A procession yep. of death meets a procession of life. And <laughs> as they walked by, Jesus just said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he ruined the funeral. 
And so just everybody <laughs> that he, he raised from the dead, he spoke to. The interval. And so I'm just 16 years old reading yeah, this stuff like, yeah. you got to be kidding yeah, me. you know. Yeah. And then it just went right on into, of course, back to Mark 11 again, that he spoke to the fig tree. And then he told us to speak to the mountain. And then he keyed in on that heart-mouth thing, heart-mouth, heart-mouth, heart-mouth. Right. And I begin to see there's a correlation there. And then over to Romans where Paul said, what saith it? The word of faith, Romans chapter 10, what saith yes. it? The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, in thy heart, the word of faith which we preach. And then he tells us how to get saved. He says, any sinner in the world, the way they get saved is they confess the word. They confess Jesus is Lord. You know, they declare that Jesus is Lord. They believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, the heart and the mouth again. And, uh, and, and then and then going on down to verse uh, you know 17 where he says so then faith comes by hearing hearing by the word right, of God right. and the last thing he took me to was uh, James uh, 120 or 126 where it says if any man among you seems to be religious mm -hmm. where bridles not his own tongue thereby deceiving his heart his religion is in vain or don't let that man think he's going to receive what he's believing God for so here I had this sermon. And I thought, look at this, whoever knew this. Yep. And so boy, on Friday night, youth night, I walked in there and I preached all that. You can talk like that. Oh my God. goodness. But wow. when I finished preaching, yeah. my pastor and the deacons and the elders and my mama and all the church folks, <laughs> they said in unison, crucify him, oh my. blasphemy. Oh. And uh, they took me to the back room to the pastor's office and they oh. just chewed me up one side and down the other and said, how dare you? Say, we can talk like God. What in the world are you thinking? And so, you know, being 16, I thought they were right. I thought wisdom of years should speak and gray hair should utter knowledge. So I thought, man, I missed it and they're right and I'm wrong. And so I apologized to the pastor, apologized to everybody else. But mostly when they all left, I went down to the altar and got on my face and stayed there all night before God. And I said, Father, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to blaspheme against you. I thought you showed me something. I, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, I, you know. And so, uh, so that, that lasted for about a year and a half. And I turned 18 mm -hmm. and some missionaries had come through our church and said they lived in the jungles of Panama. And I went up to them and said, hey, God's called me the mission field since I was 13, but I, I couldn't go. Mom and dad wouldn't let me go at 13, 14, 15, 16 <laughs> or 17, but I'm turning 18 in February. You're gone. <laughs> so, so if I can come with you. And they said, sure. They said, be at this certain spot in Panama City, Panama on, on May the 1st. And, um, and and I'd still a senior in high school, so I quit school. Had to go back later and finish to make Mama happy, you know. But I just I just left just a month before my graduation and uh, went mm. down to Panama and lived with this jungle, this Indian tribe in in Panama. And uh, while I was in Panama, I got so sick, George. I got so sick. And of course, the church told me I was going to die. Uh, the missionaries told me I was going to die. The church said you're going to be poor. The church and the missionaries told me I'd be poor. I wish I had saved a letter I got from those precious missionaries. It was a classic because before I joined them, they sent me this letter, yeah. and it was so bad. Oh. And it was you know you're going to be sick and yeah. you're going to die and yeah. you're going to be yeah. poor and it's going to be awful and it's going to be. And they were trying to prepare me, you know, for the mission fields. And of course, that all agreed with what the church said. None of it agreed with what the Bible said, but it agreed with what exactly. the church said. Yeah. And so as soon as I got there, I, I did. I got sick. I, I actually stepped out of the canoe the first day we arrived at the village and stepped on a rock and cut my foot. And that never healed in, in the three months that I was there. <sighs> and then going out in the jungle and cutting down trees to build them a, a house because they didn't have a house. So we built them a, a hut up on stilts with a thatched roof. We built that from ground up. So we're going in the jungle, cutting down trees, using machetes, using axes and saws. And so I'd get scrapes and cuts all over my body and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they'd just never heal. 
and then the then the bugs, the insects would get in them. You know, you're in the tropics, you're in the jungle, right. and so they'd get in them and set up housekeeping and have babies. And so I got infected, and uh, and besides that, I ended up having dysentery for three months, and and it was just it was it was, it was bad. Challenge. It was really bad. I went down there weighing 182 pounds, came home weighing 130, and just my jaws were sunk in, and, and and my you know my my eyes were set back in my head. You can see on that little video we showed just a while yes. ago, I, just yes. a skinny little. Kid, in fact, that one video I actually was holding my my pants up because the you know the same clothes I had on when I went sure, down there, sure. no place to buy new ones, and so I'd lost sure. so much weight. And one day I was lying in my hammock, so sick. I tried to go down the, the river and, and minister to some of the Indian tribe, and uh, and I tried to saddle up a horse to do it. And when I put the saddle on him and pulled the cinch strap tight, uh, I passed out for the first time in my life. First time and last time in my life, I fainted. Mm. You know, and I and I woke up on the ground just looking with the horse staring me in the face. You know, and. And so I put the horse away, got back up in my hammock, just weak, 18 years old, just weak as, yeah. as water. Yeah. And the missionary came up to me uh, in a day or two, and he said, Terry, he said, son, I'm really concerned about you. I'm very worried about you. And boy, his brow was furrowed, you know, and he had this serious look. And he said, I don't know what to do for you. He said, you, you've, uh, he said you've got yellow fever. He said, I've seen that so much down here. He said, your eyes are jaundiced, your skin's jaundiced. He said, you know, you get that from the mosquitoes and, and stuff. And, and um, he said, you, you know, he said, that's a, that's a deadly thing down here. And he said, and uh, he said, uh, you, you can't get to the doctors. He said, it takes seven hours to put you in a canoe to get you to the first village where we'd get across another right, river right. to the first truck on the first road to get you 50 miles into town to the first doctor. And he said, we, you just, you're too weak to make the trip. And, uh, and, I, and I said, he said, and you've got these sores all over your body. Because everywhere I'd gotten cut, it was now a sore. Right. Bleeding, pus, and blood. I mean, I was a nasty-looking critter at 18. <laughs> and here I love God with all my heart. I'm 18 years old, 5,000 miles, well, 3,000 miles away from home. You know, and, and he says, I'm dying. And so I said to him, I said, I said I've got yellow fever. And he said, well, yeah. He said, that's not the worst of your problems. He said, you know, you're not eating because of the dysentery and, the, and, the, and, and that sort of thing. He said, you're not eating anything. He said, you've even stopped drinking water. And he said, you just, you can't, like, you've got to drink water. Because everything I took, I'd throw up. Everything I took, I just couldn't keep it down. And, but I remember keying in on that word yellow fever because I thought, I thought, that's a name. That's a disease. That's yep. something I can yep. fight. Yep. And I sat about halfway up in my hammock and I said to him, I said, well, if it's just a disease, I know what to do about that. I said, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. they shall recover. Yep. And I said, here's the hands. I held up my hands. And I said, here's the sick. And I put them on me. And I said, in Jesus' name, I shall recover. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't have an instant miracle, but I began from that day to take a little water, a little rice, the next day a little water, a little rice, and gain some strength. And uh, when I came back home, it came time for my visa to be renewed. And I went back home. Yeah. Uh, it's only going to be home for two weeks, then go right back to the mission fields. And uh, uh, the church you know, said, oh, Terry did good. You know, he almost died for Jesus. And, you know, and they all clapped. And, and, uh, and I was engaged to, to Jackie, who you knew. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and she didn't know if she wanted to marry me or not. And I didn't blame her. I was a nasty looking critter. I'm not sure the United States will let you back in the country now looking like, that, looking like I did back yep. in 1968. But anyway, I said to her, I said, uh, I said, you know, I said, uh, I don't understand this. I said, the church says I did good. The pastor says I did good. But I don't feel like I did good. I said, it seems to me I could have helped more people if I hadn't been so sick. I was so sick, I couldn't help the very tribe I was trying to help. That doesn't make sense. I said, why would God kill missionaries? That makes no sense. No general would kill his troops. That's just not good military strategy. And I said, you know, I believe that God showed me something a couple of years ago. I said, do you remember when I got in trouble? She said, oh yeah, I remember when you got in trouble. And I said, I'm not so sure now that God didn't, didn't uh, uh, 
show me something. So I went before God and said, you're going to have to talk to me. And he gave me five scriptures that changed my life. And I know we're short on time. I better hush. <laughs> we'll pick it up tomorrow or something. Yeah, we, we need to know what those five scriptures sure, are. Absolutely. And then I also I also want you to tell uh, about the when you were down there and went into that bar. Oh sure. And that just so wow. So I'm telling you this this story has a major happy ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. You're still here. You're still here. I read Terry's stories about being ended up being in Mexico, being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith.